The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. Want to memorialize the posterize? We want to figure out ways to bring that to people in different um, in different ways where they're not just holding money, but maybe they're holding memorabilia or they're playing a game and they're the assets that they want in that game they can truly buy and sell. Um, and so we both build games and we work on the the underlying tools to make sure that things like credit card payments work. That's Katie Tedman, Director of Partnerships with Dapper Labs, where they are reinventing what it looks like to make the moment last forever. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. If you're middle-aged and an avid sports fan like me, then you probably have any number of collectibles from baseball cards to hats, maybe old SI copies, and whatever else you found worthy of keeping through the years. What you could never do back then was pick that moment and turn it into something you own overnight. Well, thanks to an array of technology, Katie Tedman is changing that entire dynamic, and it's fascinating. Let's welcome in our guest, Katie Tedman, who is the Director of Partnerships with Dapper Labs out in Vancouver, British Columbia. Hey, Katie, how are you? Hey, good morning. How's it going? Doing all right. Uh, every conversation I have just to start this way, how's life during a pandemic, during protests in our country? How's it going? Um, you know, we're hanging in there. I think Canada is um, is a different country. It's a little different than the U.S., but we feel a lot of solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. We feel the pain of the U.S. of um, how the pandemic has struck. Um, we have, you know, not to be on a high horse, right? We have our own problems, um, but we're we're kind of struggling through it the same way as the rest of the world. And when you look at our company and the industry for blockchain, it's really international. And so there's kind of pockets of people all over the place, and we're all kind of working through it together. Um, let's talk about Dapper Labs for a moment. What what do you guys specialize in? What do you do? So we spe- specialize in blockchain gaming and tools, um, which sounds like kind of um, like this mysterious technology thing. But really, uh, what we're trying to do is bring blockchain technology, which is the technology that powers um, things like Bitcoin, um, into consumers' lives in a way that's not financial service oriented. And so the same things that make Bitcoin cool, um, the fact that, you know, you truly own it the same way you, you truly own your your other money um, and, and some other benefits from the technology. We want to figure out ways to bring that to people in different um, in different ways where they're not just holding money, but maybe they're holding memorabilia or they're playing a game and they're the assets that they own in that game, they can truly buy and sell. Um, and so we both build games and we work on the, the underlying tools to make sure that things like credit card payments work. Um, let's talk about the gaming part of it for a moment. Can, can you be specific about 
owning a piece of a game? Like, what, what do you what do you mean by that when you say that? Yeah, so the um, the game that we are building right now is called NBA Top Shot, and it is the first of its kind. It's the first fully licensed um, blockchain game with the NBA and the Players Association as well. Uh, both have been phenomenal partners. Um, nobody knows basketball better than those two organizations and um, outside of the players themselves. And so um, working with them has brought... Um, kind of a, a great perspective on how we could do something cool that you could truly own that's really different from the memorabilia you already own. So I am a collector myself. I have jerseys. I have a whole coffee table book of ticket stubs. I have all of these different things that I collect. Um, and what, what we wanted to ask was, what is the thing that we you could collect in a digital place that you couldn't collect in a physical place? And um, what we came up with was you really don't get to own that moment in time of a play that you love or a player that you love. Um, if you think about what you can do with video and multimedia and digital, it can be really dynamic and it can be different than something in a physical space. Um, and so the, the um, collectibles within NBA Top Shot are kind of three-dimensional um, three-dimensional digital tokens but they have video and they have heroic photos from the game and what you're owning is not LeBron but LeBron's dunk where he put someone on an absolute poster or um, you know not Steph himself but you get to own that moment in time where Steph you know splashed that half court three and they won the game and so um, you could collect all of these different moments in time, all these different plays that were important to you as a fan, um, or maybe you just really like the game we're building and you collect all the stuff that's most powerful in the game, but you can then own them. And in most gaming platforms, if you sell a digital asset, you are in violation of terms of service. If you go on eBay and do some kind of selling of, you know, a skin from Fortnite, you're actually violating their terms of service. In the game that we're building, it's explicitly suggested that you sell stuff that you don't want. And so we've created an economy with very much like trading cards, where if you, you know, you get some stuff in a pack that you don't love, go and sell that to somebody who does love it. Go and sell it to someone who's trying to, you know, strengthen up themselves in the actual mobile game, um, who could use those those pieces. Um, and so it's got a new dynamic, but it really is rooted in what fans love, which is on-court action um, and, and owning that piece of on-court action. So in the physical world, uh, someone takes a picture of Kawhi Leonard making that shot that bounces around on the rim a million times and goes in and this iconic moment, right, in NBA history. Um, and you can own a piece of it by buying the picture, right? But what you're kind of describing to me is that I would literally have singular ownership digitally of that moment through your game. Is that what you're talking about? So some of the moments will be one of one, um, which will be singular ownership. Um, some of them will be, you know, a print run in the same way as um, trading cards. Most of them will be a print run in the way of trading cards. Um, many of them will have special and different art. We're talking about working with artists to create, you know, new different cool, um, you know, manifestations of what those um, collectibles look like. Um, I think the best way to think about it would be you could go. So like it would be like you could go to that game and take that picture um, yourself 
print it, put it in a frame, it sits in your house. Now imagine the whole internet can see that frame, that you own it, that you were there, but it's not just a static photo and it's not just from one angle. It's multimedia video, it's got photo, it's got stats, we're working with Sport Radar, so there's the box score. It's almost like a program, a photo, a video, um, a cool rapper thing, <laughs> good morning, um, all rolled into one. Um, so it really, it like supercharges that moment in time. Um, but it's, it still has the same, I like that you brought up that photo cause it still has the same meaning to you. Right. So yeah. I didn't get to go to that. I couldn't be at that game, but I watched it at home. I watched every game of that series. I read every article. I watched every, you know, video podcast. Um, I am the biggest fan. I want to own that thing. Um, and yeah. it creates opportunity for fans even out of market to have that experience so this is the modern memorabilia marketplace is what you're is what this is kind of becoming we're at the yeah that i think we'll see i think we will for sure see that um i think also part of what makes um blockchain collectibles interesting is that you can do other stuff with them and so through working with the league they may say okay everybody who has that you know Kawhi um, moment has league pass free for a week, or maybe um, it comes, you know, through a player engagement or endorsement. And it's like, okay, if you have that, I'm a Blazers fan. If you have that CJ McCollum moment, you can actually go and have breakfast with CJ McCollum, or you could be on his podcast or something. <laughs> so <laughs> you can start. Well, on... Be careful with the promises here. I wonder if you're <laughs> right. about that right now. <laughs> um, maybe not breakfast, maybe a, a social distance wave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, it, knocking on his door tomorrow saying I was told I could have breakfast with you. Yeah. <laughs> that that person is me. I'm not. Yeah. Fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I there are the other piece of it is a mobile game we're building, which is going to start out as a free to play game. But that the um, the collectibles, the digital collectibles that you that you truly own will make the game better and make your power tier stronger or make um, or have like special benefits in the game. And so we're also creating that thing for you to do with the moment. So it's good for gamers. It's good for collectors. It's really not kind of a, a one trick pony. It's got a lot of different utility to it. Your background is with some of the leagues. You worked with the NFL, you worked with the NHL for a while. I'm probably missing something, but um, were these ideas that you were floating there years ago with them? Is this a kind of a new space for you? Like, what is your background that led you to this point? So it's a totally new space in general. Um, I just happened to be working for the company that launched CryptoKitties when it launched, which was kind of the first like major um, game in this space. Uh, which was only two years ago. So there, like this it was on no one's radar when I was with the leagues. Um, what I did specialize in with the leagues was creating um, consumer engagement opportunities. And so I worked on, on digital and social media teams um, in both places. And whether that was, you know, a, um, 
a standalone studio that fans could actually visit in Super Bowl Village or whether that was, um, you know, a sponsorship with Canada Post for the NHL and what that manifested like in a, in a digital space. I've always been thinking about how can we serve fans better? How can we create better experiences for fans? And we really took a fan centric approach with Top Shot. And it wasn't like, oh, here, like, what is the craziest thing we could do with this technology? It was like, what do fans, what do basketball fans love? And that is the game. They love what yeah. happens on court. It's, you know, there's all of this stuff the NBA brings to the table, which is like cultural relevance and fashion and all of these other pieces. And we were like, but what is, what's at the core of it? If, it, if that didn't exist, what would the whole thing wouldn't exist. And it really is the spectacular stuff that happens on court every night. And so in the same way that with, you know, that sponsorship at the NHL or that, you know, physical footprint at the NFL, um, we would say, what is cool? What is cool for fans? What's going to make this diff feel different, feel good. Um, we took the same approach yeah. with Top Shot. Um, let, let's talk about just the technology for a moment. Um, this is all uh -oh. really cool. Right? <laughs> this is all really cool. And, but it is even for me who is doing this podcast and talking about things that I'm familiar with, the barrier for entry for me, even to be involved in something like this still remains high. I'm 47 yeah. year old guy who's going, I like what you're talking about and I have no idea how to access it. Could you help me with that? Yeah. So the great part about Top Shot is that it is basically like using any other website. So when you come to mbatopshot.com, you will have a username and password. You'll log in. It'll be totally like any other website. We're basically handling all of the blockchain pieces behind the scenes in order to make it a smooth transition for consumers. Um, you don't have to hold cryptocurrency in order to play. Um, you could use a credit card to, to start collecting. Um, for the mobile game, the free-to-play element will be just a, you know, an install and play. And so the technology itself feels scary. Um, it's not, by the way. It really, like, the best way to think about it is it's like a public notebook that everybody can see what you write in. It's like a public manifest of information. Um, that's, like, all in code, and that stuff is super scary. And I'm, I'm not a technical person, so that part's scary to me, too. Um, but the actual logging into the website and starting to collect is super easy. Um, my husband and I were doing user testing two weekends ago um, and buying packs and opening packs and immediately started trash talking with each other about <laughs> the players we got and the plays we got and like whose collection was better. Um, and I was like, oh, I, th I think we actually did it. Like if our knee jerk reaction is to flex our knowledge about the sport, get excited, yeah. talk about the players and plays we love. Like we've taken out all of that weird friction um, and made it just really easy to go to a website, log in and start collecting. Um, you guys are working with the UFC as well. Could you kind of talk about what your partnerships are with them? Yeah. So the project we're working on with the UFC um, is still um, in progress where we don't think when you think about basketball and mixed martial arts, they are not the same kind of sport. There's some of the things, some of the things that are common to sports fans are going to be the same for each of them. Um, you know, depth of um, fandom for the athletes and loving what happens um, in the octagon or on the court. But outside of that, the actual functionality of their games are very different. And we want to make sure that we're again, coming from, 
a true to UFC fan perspective when we build that game. And so we're still figuring out what does that mean? Is that something that's more like training up an athlete because the training component is so important in that sport? Is it about building skill sets of different um, martial arts styles? Um, so it'll be a different game entirely than Top Shot, but the premise will be the same. The things that you're collecting, you truly own. Um, those things have value to you. And we've done, you know, user testing with thousands of NBA fans. We're going to do the same thing with UFC fans to make sure what we um, come up with truly resonates with them. We're lucky to have both NBA fans and UFC fans in-house. So <laughs> just kickstart that um, perspective. Um, but it'll be a lot of the same. There'll be collectibles. You, you truly own those things. When you're done with them, you can sell them for real money. Um, you can use them in a game. You can play with them. They'll unlock all sorts of stuff. So that framework of a consumer experience, um, I think, could work really with anything. It could, it's going to work with sports. It could work with music. It could work with fashion. It could work yeah. with anything that somebody loves. Um, I think it could work with. Um, you had mentioned transactions in general. I, I know there are some owners, specifically in the NBA, that are trying to go completely digital. Um, Vivek Ranadive, Mark Cuban, they talked about these things openly. Um, can you talk about the future of blockchain and transactions at sporting events? How, how do you see that kind of manifesting itself over time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's inevitable um, that everyone will turn to this technology because because of the public nature of it. It, um, it kind of unveils who's do in the way that it um, is often misaligned as something that like allows shady characters to hide it actually unveils everyone who's using it so you can tell um you know what accounts have done what transactions you can set up multiple wallets and that's kind of um, what a lot of people do my um my wallet for crypto kitties might be different than my wallet for top shot i don't want to kind of mix my cats and and my hoops um <laughs> but I think when you think about like tr true ownership and um, true verifiability, of course, you'd want to do that for something like ticketing. Of course, you'd want to do that for something like digital rights management. Imagine if you just put your rights in one place and that content is distributed to everyone who pays for it properly like that. <laughs> it eliminates so much kind of middle work. Yeah. Um, so I think the technology itself will create a lot of process efficiencies um, and there are a lot of companies that are looking at doing that with sports organizations, which is super cool. Um, we talk to some of them. Um, we tend to stay in our swim lane of consumer facing um, where we want to make these experiences really good for consumers. So even in that case, there might be some ticketing blockchain startup and we may work with them. And they may be like, OK, so we're going to do all of the deep technology stuff about, you know, moving away from their current solution and moving to blockchain ticketing but we want everybody who buys a ticket to have a collectible. So it's like every night's a bobblehead night. Um, yeah. And then we would come in and say, okay, cool. Like what makes, what makes people love bobbleheads? What, what else, what else could we do? That's um, a new space that would add value to that fan experience. So I think for sure, there's no way that many of these organizations are not already using blockchain, maybe even in ways that they don't know from their supply chain managers or, um, you know, third parties they're working with. Uh, I'll leave you with this. I mean, you don't want to mix your cats with your hoops. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible one day somebody will want to mix their cats with their hoops, and you might be making that game too. That's possible. We, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
Because if a cat posterizes LeBron James, I might actually pull something out of my wallet by that moment. I think <laughs> he might also, right? <laughs> he might. He might. Katie Tedman is the director of partnerships at Dapper Labs. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks. It was so great to meet. On the next Future Sport podcast, let's not suggest there's no room for the standard bearers in the memorabilia game. Car collecting's always been about scarcity. The rarity and scarcity go hand in hand. You know, uniformity is important to some. It really is. I mean, there's still, you know, when Top puts out Series 1, it's still, you know, a certain number of base cards, and then Series 2 gets it up to 700 cards. That's Jeff Heckman, Global Director of Commerce at Tops. These are not your dad's trading cards. That will do it for this show. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.